With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire podcast, Bowl Recapping Edition. Check us out, MWWire.com. That's our uh, website and all fun stuff happens there. Jeremy Moss, Matt Kennerly. Twitter, MWC Wire, and hey, this is the Gildan New Mexico Bowl, who liked our tweet saying we we're going to record tonight. So thank, thank you. Thank you for that. How about give us a retweet next time as well? <laughs> think that'll happen? <laughs> Not to be greedy, but one come on. One step at a time, you know? I guess, yeah. Hey, one quick thing I'm trying to do right now. I'm attempting to get us uh, voting privileges within the website or within the conference. Fingers crossed. Why not? They like us, right? We're invited to everything that they have going on, so... Does that mean we'd be more professional if that happens? No. Maybe. 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 We'll see. I don't know. Depends how we vote, right? <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they have a I'm sure they have like a handbook or something like that. Exactly. All right, so let's get to the important stuff. We've got CSU Rams taking on Marshall in that or took on Marshall, I should I should say, in the again, Gildan, New Mexico Bowl. And well, bowl loss, right? Is that how it turns out to be? Thirty one twenty eight herd comes out on top. Kind of a weird game overall. It was. There was a running game for the Rams. Couldn't get going. McStevens looked pretty good. Sort of. He threw 52 times, but there was a touchdown called back after a weird penalty. Michael Gallup didn't really do all that great. It's a Rams comeback just falls up short. That's all it comes down to. They're down, what, 14 points. Fourth quarter, they kind of show up. But I guess the big difference is that second quarter and third quarter, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of oversimplifies things a little bit. I'm setting the stage. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Um, but I mean, you know, in watching this game, you know, what st- what stood out to me was that you know the offense, the Rams' offense, which is more or less what led this team all season long, never really got going. Like it seemed like they were behind the eight ball pretty much all afternoon. And yeah, you mentioned Nick Stevens threw the ball. 52 times you know he only completed you know 25 of those passes that's yeah. like slightly under 50 percent which is very on nick stevens like and you know you mentioned michael gallup kind of finishing off his rams career maybe not in the way that he imagined you know because he only had six catches for 68 yards like do you realize how many targets he had in this game though for gallup yeah it seemed like almost every other pass let me get to you I'm, lo- I'm looking at it right now so I, could, uh, I can spoil it for you. No, you I'll want. take a guess because I know it's a lot. I'll say uh, 13. Higher. 15? Higher. 25. <laughs> Not quite that high. <laughs> but you know, he the, Stevens targeted him 18 times. So it's not as though they weren't trying to get him the football. You know, it seemed like, you know, one of the stories of the game was the fact that, you know, not only Gallup, but like LBC Johnson, Dalton Fackrell were kind of, they were victimized by drops every so often. So, you know, that is a good way to really kill drives. And it seemed like that was especially a problem kind of in the first half where, you know, they did have the one long touchdown drive that was 15 plays, 75 yards. And then they did have the the back-to-back touchdown drives, which was four plays, 75 yards. But 
you know, they wanted to beat Marshall with their passing game early, and they just really weren't in sync all that much. And that was something that our, our guy Brad Hubbard mentioned in his recap as well. You know, it seemed like there were drops all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you compare that to what the defense was able to do, kind of more or less keeping Marshall in check, what it really came down to was the fact that you know, they were victimized by big plays pretty much to a degree that I don't think anybody anticipated. Like, this season, the Rams' defense has been not as good, I think, as as we anticipated it would be. Would that be fair to say? Especially their secondary. Yeah, and I mean, they ended up finishing next to last in the conference as far as 20-yard plays allowed on defense. They they gave up 69 overall. Not not so nice. <laughs> nope. Um, and I wanted to do the math on this because I was really fascinated by it because one of the big things you mentioned was big plays in this game. And Marshall really only... They only had nine chunk plays. They had five on the ground. They had four through the air. But do you know how many yards those added up to? Uh, no, how many? I don't have that in front of me. So, okay, so I should probably put this in context. For the game, Marshall ended up with 501 yards of total offense. It's pretty good, right? On those nine plays, those nine plays accounted for 364 yards. And for anybody who doesn't want to do the math in their head that's nearly three quarters of the entire game's offense for the herd it ended up being about 72 percent of the yards they gained on nine plays which is kind of unbelievable but you know they only ran i'm trying to look up they they ran 65 plays so you're talking about what one seventh of the plays accounting for three quarters of the offense and you know, another way of looking at this is like, look at the drive chart because other than a couple, they really only had one long scoring drive that ended with what ended up being the difference in the game, a a field goal. But other than that, it was one play, 76 yards, two plays, 75 yards, one play, 90 yards, one play, 90 yards. And I mean, even though they only ended up with three, three and outs on the game, you know, their longest drive that didn't end up with a touchdown was only 29 yards. So, like, when their defense was working early in the first quarter and in the fourth quarter, you know, that was when they forced their turnovers because they did pick off Chase Litton two times, which is good. It was just that stretch in the second and the third quarter that was too much for them to overcome. Well, and a couple other things, too. Like, looking where they get, they picked off, off Litton there, <laughs> um, they go three and out. Because they go for a midfield or four and out actually go for them fourth down, yeah. Which was weird, fourth and twelve. I that's kind of odd, a little bit, right? Fourth and twelve at the Marshall forty three. It's like, it, I don't know. That's, that's a weird spot to be. It's like you could punt, but it could be like a twenty yard net gain or seventeen, whatever it would be, to the twenty yard line, twenty three yards. I should say if it goes touchback. They also had where else? Did There's a couple other spots like um, how was the other one I had up here? Sorry, was there a fumble that same thing like twice interception? They get no points out of it. The one in the first quarter where they went six mm-hmm. plays, 90 second drive. They went down to the, um, they had to punt because they're at their own 34. So it's yeah. like they had a couple of chances where they didn't get the offense, didn't take advantage of those two interceptions. And with it being a three point game, you have to take advantage of those situations. And then end of the game, they had the um, tip ball that Stevens caught in game over. Cause he just missed Gallup on that pass, like just overreached his hands. Could have been the game winner on that third and 10 pass. 
Yeah, and that was, you know, kind of like we talked about a little bit with our Las Vegas Bowl recap. It seemed like they wanted to win with the passing game, especially downfield. And I remember multiple instances where, you know, Stevens had his guy open, whether it was Gallup or OBC Johnson, we should probably mention, actually led the Rams with 119 yards on six catches. You know, those two guys had opportunities where they were open and, and there was one where BC Johnson laid out and like it was just out of his fingertips. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet per se, but it was just kind of indicative of, you know, that was the game plan they went into it with. And, you know, game of inches, you know, it's one of those things exactly. where if he comes down with it, that changes the entire tenor of the game. Yeah. If Gallup, you know, actually had two touchdowns overturned, you know, one of which yeah, geez, that, was so close. He was, he was getting pushed out, I think, at the one, was it not? It's in the end of, like, he didn't complete the process because they basically said after he came out of bounds, he didn't complete the catch. Yeah. It's so like the, it's like it's NFL then, thing. What's the catch? Like, what is a catch? You take four steps, it's incomplete pass, but not a fumble. I don't – it's – And then the, and then the mm. second one where one angle made it look like his foot was down and the other one made it look like it wasn't. You know, so like those are like small things that made a huge impact in how this game turned out because, you know, they gave themselves a chance. It was just the, the you know, the big plays and kind of those breaks that just went against them. You also, know, small things that just add, added up. What also should be considered wasn't Dalen Dawkins out suspended for the first half? I know that Josh Watson was. I think Dalen Dawkins – well, no, because I remember Dalen Dawkins, one of the first things he did was basically truck a defender on a swing pass. Or maybe it's Izzy Matthews. Oh, shit, I wish I had it in front of me. I think it, one of the running backs was out for the first half. I believe it was Kinsey and Rashad Body. Oh, okay. Maybe I missed – sorry. I, I remember hearing that. Maybe I'm mistaken there. So that's not a big deal as I thought it was. I just remember hearing – because I was going through the game quickly to catch up and watch. I must not have – I didn't hear all the commentary, so maybe I apologize if I missed that. But still, running game, 70 – okay, give it a sack yardages. It's still 86 yards on, what, 22 carries? They barely ran the ball. What's the deal with that? They have, like, a good offensive line, good running backs. I don't get why they only ran that few times. And Dawkins, almost half his yards came on one carry. And they made Nick – give credit to Marshall for stop of the run. They made Steven throw 50-plus times. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look, you know, more or less through the Mike Bobo era, the last three years, this was their worst overall effort running the ball. You know, it was like 2.2 something yards per carry, right? Yeah, less than three by far. And, you know, I think some of that goes back to one of those things that we talked about in the preview was, you know, the fact that Marshall didn't really have one guy that stood out. It was one of those things where, you know, their defense was more of a team effort. But we talked about the fact that they had really good run defense. And, you know, lo and behold, they end up with 12 tackles for loss as a team. And it seemed like when you go up and down the stat sheet, yeah, obviously Channing Hames was the guy who stood out because he ended up with, you know, two and a half tackles for loss and a sack and a half. But, you know, they have one, two, three, four. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different guys getting at least half a tackle for loss. So it was kind of a team effort in really shutting this running game down. You know? Yeah. And then it kind of, so one thing kind of feeds into another. Like if 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 Dawkins and if Izzy Matthews aren't getting the holes that they usually do, if they aren't getting the same kind of traction, you know, through the middle, which is been another one of this team's strengths all season long, you know, that kind of forces Stevens to, 
you know, win the game with his arm. And maybe this is kind of the mirror image of what we saw in Vegas where, you know, Brett Rippon took shots deep Boise State and it kind of worked out. And they wanted to do the same thing in Albuquerque and it didn't work out. So the way this game played out, it's like Marshall's probably better than I thought they were because they both had the same record coming in, seven and five. But one thing we mentioned, I think we mentioned the preview, Look how close they were to being winning, like being like a ten or eleven win team. Mm-hmm. They lost to FIU by five. That weird UTSA UTSA game by two. Southern Miss by one, and there wasn't a miss, missed extra point at some point in that game. Three games lost by what ten total points or five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight points right there. And and then NC State was okay. Yeah, I lost by seventeen. FIU was even even FIU has only eleven points. They were a lot of close games where they could have been like a ten win team. Won the won the. Uh, were they in a conference USA right now? Is that where Marshall's they at? Are. Yeah. Sorry, I forget them moving around. So, like, I shouldn't be too surprised we lost because, or that not we, but you know, I mean, the Rams lost in this game. But I, their defense played very well. Like, even the Rams, like, it's worth thing is the Rams defense. Past on past defense, they were okay. They had two picks. They didn't score on them, obviously, which hurt. But it's not like Litton Lit did very well and just crushed them in the passing game. Only had two two hundred sixty-two yards, which is above average. Just over fifty percent, but that running game, like this rush defense, usually am I wrong? It's usually been pretty good this year. The Rams at front seven been better than giving up two hundred and forty yards, I should say. They've been a little bit hit and miss, I think, on the ground game because they did have some, you know, pretty good efforts where they they held Wyoming in check, as you as you might expect. Of course, who doesn't? But you know, they kind of struggled a little bit off and on. Yeah, looking back just real quick, like 1.8 versus Nevada, 2.1 versus Utah State, but then 6.6 versus New Mexico, fine. 5 5 Air Force. Well, actually, well, I mean, it's not too bad, 4.5. Like Boise State, 7.9. Marshall, mm-hmm. 7.2 yards per carry, which is, well, two above their average. Like, they're, after this game, is 5.13. Assuming before, they're probably, what, 4.9, somewhere in that range, 4.8. But, like, mm-hmm. Alabama ran six yards. Like, Marshall ran better against this team than Alabama did. Well, and this is and this is one of those instances where you know the per play thing is a little bit deceptive. Yeah, they had two huge plays and oh, a hundred half the yards on two plays, right? Yeah, and and you know if you look at the first quarter, you know on the ground Marshall averaged right around four yards a carry. If you look at the fourth quarter, they were at one point six. Hmm. But if you look at the second and the third quarter, thirteen point four and twelve point three. Also, and thirty-one that, points and that is in that where, quarter, and that is where that is where big plays can make a huge difference. And I mean, you know, we haven't even gotten into the fact that you know, you know, in the same way that Oregon shot themselves in the foot a little bit in the Vegas Bowl, Colorado State also had a huge advantage here as far as penalties too, because they ended up, you know, Marshall ended up with eleven penalties for one hundred and seven yards, and they have, were at a disadvantage because. You know, the Rams ended up completing 9 of 19 on third downs, where the herd was only 5 of 14. So it's not as though they weren't getting opportunities to rally. It's just one of those things where, you know, when the defense was good, it was giving them a chance. And when it wasn't, they had no chance at all. Yeah, so you have that part that you mentioned, all the opportunities they had. Here's one thing that we didn't mention yet until this point. They're, this is Marty English's last game is D.C., <laughs> But he is clearly there. However, Will Friend is mm-hmm. off to Alabama, the OC, and I know he's not the play caller, but the offensive line coach. Do you, do you think that because the running game didn't play well, did that have any difference? I know it's the same game plan all year and everything, so it's like having him out for one game and not being on coaching. I don't want to 
blame it on him. Well, do you think there's any influence for the, the way well, the running I game mean, performed because he wasn't there? It's just because Marshall considering had a game the, plan that and figured Marshall it out. ended up putting up five sacks against Nick Stevens and company. And the fact that the Rams had only given up eight sacks in over 400 dropbacks before that, you know, I, some of it you can put on the players maybe, but I, I really hmm. do think that in that instance, having him not be there might've made more of a difference than if he had been there. Yeah, because after this game, they had, I'm trying to pull up their sack. Sacks allowed were 13. Why can't they go per game basis? They said they had five in this game? Yeah, Marshall ended up with five, and they'd only given Jeez. up eight in the 12 wow. games this year. I was, yeah, I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, 13 total sacks. So, I, uh, again, you can say the players and everything, but it just has to be different. Like, look at the Oregon when we talked about them. There's a lot of stuff going on with them losing Willie Taggart. Was a lot of it. Jim Love going to stay. Royce Freeman doesn't play. A lot of confusion going on. Just... Not confusion, but a lot of other stuff going on. So maybe listen to a new coach. Mm-hmm. Everything's happening. It's just a thought where if you don't, have, it's basically a change in routine. That's a big deal when you're typically yeah. like doing football. It's like we Monday we practice this time, we eat lunch this time, we have team meetings at this time, we watch film at this time, and then maybe this new guy. I don't even do you even know who took over the old line duties. Was it just some lower level guy who moved up the rung, or was it Bobo doing it all? We don't know, or I don't know at least. Yeah, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. But it's just a difference. Like so, if it's Mike Bobo. He's already calling the plays. I know he's the OC, but how much was Will Friend involved? Because, I mean, Bobo calls the plays, not the OC. But like, there are other schools where the head coach calls the offensive plays. But it could be the OC who basically comes up with 80% of the game plan. Like, here's the first 25 plays we're going to run. We're going to do this, this, and this, no matter what. And then they'll talk back and forth throughout the game. We're going to do this, but then it's the head coach who makes the call. So Bobo's already doing, like, if you're a head coach, you're doing small stuff. Like, okay, do we have our playing schedules on time? What's our schedule? Like, I know you have secretaries and other assistants to do stuff, but you're in charge of everything. And if he has to do more of the offensive game plan or rely on other guys, like the wide receiver coach has to do more, the running backs coach has to do more, some other coach, A, B, or C, has to take do more responsibility, was there some trickle-down effect because you lose one coach who had two jobs? So I don't. I'm just theorizing, but that's a possibility, not an excuse, but an example of where maybe Bobo had to come up with the whole play game plan on his own, and he has a lot of stuff going on. He does defensive stuff, his offensive stuff. Like I said, he's in charge of the schedule, he's in charge of whatever whatever he does. There's a lot of stuff to do for head coach, and he takes up more duties. Every other coach takes up more duties. Maybe there's a something happened with that just because it's a change of routine. It could be, yeah. It's just something, but um, it's, it's a tough loss, 31-28. And it's sort of disappointing because, for me, I chose the Rams. I thought they'd be a team going to, like, the um, Cotton Bowl or something, or Peach Bowl. They were offseason. Now is their guy, like Nick Stevens. They have the running game, Michael Gallup. End up 7-6. and six. So I, I would say the season was a disappointment for the Rams, wouldn't you? I mean, if you look at it strictly in terms of wins and losses, you know, I think, what, this is their third straight year where they finished 7-6? and six? And I don't think like Bobo's – has he won a bowl game yet for the Rams? No, I don't He's still – he earned that extension, which we'll get to in a second, where it could equal, what, $2 million per year that final year. But he has yet to, as Kelly Lyle, the uh, was it Colorado, mentioned, he doesn't beat his rivals, he does win bowl games. So, but, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think he's – I mean, he's not going to be on the hot seat now that he has an extension. No. But, I mean – you'd be hard pressed to find a coach that has more to prove going into 2018 because, you know, maybe the expectations won't be quite as high as they were coming into this year. And even though they do lose some key pieces in the off season, like obviously Gallup is going to the NFL, probably Nick Stevens as well. Well, he's a senior. Yeah. Nick Stevens is gone. Yeah. Jake, Jake Bennett's going to be moving on and stuff like that. 
there's still going to be talent coming back on this team. And it's just going to be a matter of, you know, <laughs> I mean, if I don't think 2018 is going to be a rebuilding year. I think it's going to be more of a reloading year. Well, and if Colin Hill comes in, like if he's, what, 80% of what Nick Stevens was next fall, how good can that make this team? Well, people were saying that Colin Hill is better than Nick. They are saying he was better than Nick Stevens last year before he tore his ACL. Yeah, and I mean, I think that the numbers kind of bear out that he held his own mm-hmm. at a minimum. Yeah. So, you know, this team will be a factor next year, but they still have a lot more questions than I think anybody would have anticipated coming into this year. Yeah, just really quick, here's who they're pop- look like they're going to be losing. Nick Stevens, but Colin, like I said, that's kind of a wash in my opinion. But they, mm-hmm. they lose to Dalen Dawkins, senior running back. But they have Izzy Matthews, Marvin Kinsey's back, more healthy from the ACL. Um, the fullback comes back. Obasi Johnson, sorry, OG, I'll call him OG, I guess. He's back, which is huge. He'll be their big receiver. You lose Gallup, you lose Dietrich Clark, who's a pretty big deal. Um, Fackrell, tight end, who basically cut everything in the red zone for a touchdown. You lose uh, offensive line Goldich, uh, Moxley, senior. Bennett, three, three of their five starting offensive linemen are gone. So it's a pretty big deal. They they do lose a lot of offense. So I don't know. I, I will, we'll talk about this clearly January, February, March and stuff, but I think the offense does lose kind of a lot. I think the running game will be fine. Passing game, it'll be – you might be right. I just think the biggest thing for what I mentioned right there is the offensive line. Losing three guys and one guy who's going to be in the NFL and a tight end who caught nearly everything that came his way. And, oh, yeah, Blitnikoff finalist as well. And the best quarterback in the conference. That's fair. <laughs> just saying Eh, defense, I don't know. Hey, I guess there's a positive. Is losing three um, senior defensive back player or two positive? And Kevin at Jake Schlager, Schlager. I'm sorry, but is it? <laughs> well, I mean, not everybody can be Fresno State. Exactly. Because that's exactly what happened to the Bulldogs this past season, and then it ended up working out pretty well for them. But I think a lot of that will be addressed by whoever comes in to run the defense. Exactly. Yeah, because that's, that's the next biggest thing for them. They got to replace Marty English and a new offensive coordinator, Will Friend. There have been murmurs of who is it? Somebody in the Florida State staff probably not going to be retained. To I think he, I got look up the name right here if I can find it, but maybe being I think as their safeties or linebackers coach, potentially mm-hmm. being the new defensive coordinator. He said he interviewed went over at the uh, FSU twenty four seven site where he I wish I had the name in front of me, but the guy from Florida State defensive position coach interviewed for the uh, opening at CSU. As for the head coach, or not head coaching, but... Charlie Kelly. Oh, Charlie Kelly. Okay, that makes sense. Charlie Kelly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Does that mean, if, if he gets hired, does that mean we get to, like, start the Charlie work meme? What is that? I'm not familiar with that. Okay, for, for anybody out there who uh, who is a fan of It's Always Sunny. I, I am, yeah. yes. I am very a fan. What am I missing here? Because I love Sunny. Charlie work. Those are the oh. jobs that no one, else, no one else wants to do. There we go. Yes, exactly. But we'll, we'll, obviously, we'll obviously give it a more... We'll obviously give it a more positive spin. Because because the episode, if you haven't seen it, by the way, the episode Charlie Work is actually one of the best episodes of the entire series. So if you've never seen it before, listeners, do yourself a favor once we wrap this up and go watch it. Actually, if you've never seen this show, what are you doing? Stop right now and watch. I don't care. Yeah, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll go with that. Because it's, I think it's, it's off Netflix. So I think it's on Hulu. Is that true at the moment? Yes. Go watch it because honestly... It's consistently, week in and week out, the best comedy over the past decade plus. It rarely, rarely disappoints. That's true. And that means we need the Nightman. Is that is he coming back to town then? Do we need uh, Kit Mittens? Is that is that a thing now? Maybe. It's cold in the, it's cold in Fort Collins. 
<laughs> think about the memes. We'll, we'll, we'll spin this out probably in the off season. If it we're going to dive, we're diving deep here in sunny stuff, but it, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. So, the, so he could be the defensive coordinator. Who would be the offensive coordinator? I haven't heard any names or seen any names, but here's the thing. If you're not calling the plays, which probably will be the same, who are you going to get? Like what type of guy would you be able to get? I mean, that's a good question. I think that you probably want someone who runs a similar kind of pro style offense. I don't know. I mean, because Bobo came from the SEC. So like the only thing my mind goes to is if he reaches into the SEC and grabs someone. But off the top of my head, I wouldn't know who that was. Yeah, that's that makes sense. I don't like it probably be a if you're going to get a guy from that is from that area or even that league, it's probably going to be like a guy who's been a QB coach, receivers coach. It's not going to be another OC if you're coming from the SEC. Mm hmm. So we know it's not going to be anybody from Florida because Brian Johnson, who's now their quarterback coach, they have a new staff there. It's probably not going to be anybody from Alabama, I'm assuming. Um, Arkansas has a new staff, so nobody from Arkansas. I'm just going to spit ball. Um, I don't know, Mark Ricks at Miami, so maybe he knows some people there, somebody from the, the Florida staff there, and uh, or excuse me, Hurricane staff. Mm -hmm. I'm just spitballing guys who he knows and kind of his coaching pedigree who he's been around. It could be some out of the blue. You know who I'd like? It's not going to happen. Who's that? Bob Stitt. <laughs> that would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would be. He got let go of, um, where's that, Montana State or Montana? Montana, yeah. Montana. He did okay, but Montana's a pretty powerful school there just because in the FCS level. But he he's not necessarily – I don't think him and Bobo's offensive philosophy mesh together too much. Yeah, maybe not. I love it because we. I've seen Montana play. I've seen Mines play a little bit. People, I wanted him for the Wyoming head coaching job a couple years ago. But I don't know. He's that would be a good pick. But if he's not going to call plays and they're not going to change to his offense, which it's not wild by any means, but it's more creative, like what you have seen with um, everybody remembers the uh, Dana Holgerson thing for the uh, what's the Defy sweep in the Orange Bowl and won like 70 to, th 70 to three or whatever. Mm -hmm. That kind of popularized him. But it's kind of like if you go back to the day when Urban Myers at Utah, those type of things. When he went to Florida, where school's running a unique spread, or maybe Oregon a couple years ago with Chip Kelly. It's kind of similar in that type of vein, what he wants to run a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's clearly not what the Rams do. So I would love it, but it's not going to happen. But I guess we'll so find I, out in the weeks to that's come. Something, that's something we'll keep an eye on. Uh, we kind of did our er, super early two-minute 2018 preview. I think we're good. Nothing else to add here. We, they lost their bowl game, unfortunately. Keep a lookout for, like, we'll cover guys going to the draft. The uh, couple guys got visits, or not visits, but uh, commitments to attend, like, the postseason bowl games. Mm-hmm. Forget where Gallup's going to. A couple guys have committed. I know Stevens is going to the NFLPA Bowl. We'll keep an eye on that stuff. So that's always something. If you're a Rams fan, there's more to tune into from the football side, right? For sure. And NFL draft. Come on. We will. I guess we'll dive deep into that because it's what you do. But exactly. that's all we got for. That's all we got. Uh, nothing else to talk about the Rams. Keep listening to all of our recap preview shows. We have uh, what, Hawaii Bowl. We have the Arizona Bowl. We have uh, Armed Forces Bowl. Am I and, missing one there? And the There's famous one. Idaho Potato Bowl. That's right. Get your skins now. What's your favorite potato? Um. Yes. Oh, that's a good I answer. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I always like russet. That's like all I know. <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. I, I don't know. We'll get this other one. Think about it. I just meant like potato product, not necessarily like the potato brand. But I'm saying like mashed potatoes, like uh, okay, fried, well, twice baked potatoes, French give some, fries. Give me some time to think about it. We can talk about that during the preview and see if people don't get frustrated with it. We can do a fry ranking. Exactly. 
Because um, I'll tell you right now, should I get spoil my favorite French fry at the moment? No, no, you got to save it. That's called a tease. <laughs> I know it is. Outside the business. I should know that too. But no, I will hold off on my favorite French fry. I'll give you one clue. It's from a fast food joint, which is probably the case for most people, right? Probably. So it's not really a good tease. It's just kind of, oh, whatever. you. Yeah. Thank, okay. you, thank, French you, fry. thank you for listening to the Mountain West Wire podcast, your number one source for potato-related potato discussions. Talk. Potato talk. Um, we'll, yeah, maybe we'll – hey, off-season, we'll always have random shows. Maybe we'll do a food show some portion just because people hate my food takes apparently. Be on the lookout for our spinoff site, Potato Wire. <laughs> there we go. That's the best way to end it, yes. Um, our official site, though, mwwire.com. Check us out there. Facebook, Mountain West Wire, MWC Wire on uh, Twitter. Raider Podcast, give us a retweet. We'll give you a shout-out. Check out our Patreon site. If you want to give us a buck and hijack our power poles, give us a buck. We'd appreciate it. Just because we haven't mentioned that a lot a long time. People heard about them. Their fees changed. That's not the case. It changed back. So if you want to help us out, yeah, hey, if you it'll wanna, help us start Potato Wire. A, Come on. If you want to have a hand in our basketball rankings, hijack, I say. Hijack the poles. One dollar is all it takes. That's all it takes. So thanks for listening. And, yeah, if that's the case, great. Uh we got other, like I said, we got other bowl previews coming up, recaps coming up. We did our Vegas bowl, so if you're listening to this one, you want to hear about Boise State um, victory of Oregon, listen to that as well. But check us out on Blog Talk Radio and everywhere everywhere else, and we'll see you next time, folks. We will. Oh, real quick, if you're listening to this and want to listen to our other shows, our kind of schedule going forward, basically the week leading up to Christmas, we'll have three previews out for you. So look out for that, folks, and see you next time.